Welcome to Season 1, Episode 12 of Bryce and Ren and Corey in the House. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bryce Henderson, and today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 12 of Corey in the House, Get Smarter. And with me to discuss this episode is the one, the only, Renan Fontes. Ren, how is it going? It's going well, Bryce. How are you today? I'm not bad. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. Our first Corey of 2021. I know who who would have thought that uh, this show in 2007 would uh, fast forward what like 14 years into the future uh, that there is a podcast being made about it. Who would have thought? Not me, that's for sure. Kyle Massey would have shit. <laughs> he would have like shit his pants or uh, yeah, like you... an excitement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was, what else? I, well, I don't know. I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. <laughs> he's just sick. Mm-hmm. He's just, yeah, he's just sick. Kyle Massey would have shit if he found out. Uh, well, because usually people say, like, would have, like, shit his pants or, like, would have been shocked or, like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you just you left what? it out I, in the open, Ren. I like to leave things for interpretation for the audience. Oh, such as, uh, like, when uh, you're reading a poem and you like how there's different ways that that poem could possibly be interpreted. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, before we, we dive in, Ren, I actually have a, a little bit of housekeeping, um, if, if that sounds good. You want to do a little bit of housekeeping? Yeah. Sure, right. let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the first, first thing I wanted to mention is uh, that you wrote a fantastic article on Zelda Twilight Princess. And I wanted to, to start by just like mentioning it because if you're listening right. and you want a really Thank good you. Zelda retrospect, check it out. Yeah, Ren, did you have anything that you want to like say about it? Uh, wow, you put me on the spot I right know. here. I did put you on the spot. We're, getting, That's... we're, getting... we're doing a little bit of Cory in the house Zelda crossover. I know, right, I know. So Corey's the right age range where he would have liked Twilight Princess if it came out back. It, it did come out back then. Yeah. That was the uh, home console Zelda at the time Corey in the House was airing. Mm-hmm. And in that same, uh, yeah, in that same time period, you could turn Corey in the House off and turn Twilight Princess on. So, um, no, Ren, I, I did think it was great. I read through it. Um, you would first much. send it to me. I looked at it and I was like, this is long, so I'm going to need to like sit down and read it when I can appreciate it. And I, I did finally a few days ago and I really like it. So uh, check it out if, if that is something that interests you. Uh, and Ren, I also wanted to uh, share with you, last night I received a notification on Facebook for mm-hmm. uh, a new like for the Bryson, Ren and Corey in the house Facebook page. Uh, it is the first like that the page has received from someone who is not a mutual friend of you or myself wow complete rando i uh well let's give them a shout out do you want to give them a shout out <laughs> let me uh let me pull up their name um it is uh, 
Okay, uh, Jacob Wu Ming liked Brayson Ren and Corey in the house podcast yesterday. So, Jacob, Here's if you're out there, yeah, if you're out there and you're listening to this, thank you for your support. We appreciate it. Share with your friends and uh, let us know if we can be doing anything better uh, for you. So, welcome to the community, Jacob. Jacob in the house. Honestly, uh, he, if he wants to to jump on at one point, you know, maybe I wouldn't be super opposed. I don't know. It depends. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was exciting. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to kind of nail down as we're uh, getting there, this is episode 12. You and I had discussed a couple of weeks ago about episode 15 doing some kind of, um, so I, I think uh, around episode 15 doing like a rankapalooza of just like, doing a tier list of any of our guest stars and yes also um during that week uh i think that it would be smart for us to go back because we've discussed um not really knowing when we initially rate these cory in the house episodes uh if it really is a strong episode or not because we haven't had a like we don't really know what the range looks like. And now that we're in episode 12 and at that point we'll be at episode 15, we'll have a better idea. I think that we'll want to maybe uh, stop and relook at the ratings that we've given just to make sure that they all feel right. Do, do you... So um, what I'm thinking is uh, either after episode 15 or I think it would be, we do episode 15 regularly. And then the next week we don't do an episode and we do this like, rank a palooza in in its place what do you think about okay. that i like that yeah uh, and that way we can kind of get a fresh start as we move forward from there so cool sounds good ren you ready to talk about get smarter i am yeah uh i am too i thought that this was a, a pretty standard cory in the house episode um so all right, so yeah, I, I felt the same. yeah. Do you you feel that? Any? Do you have any other like initial thoughts? Uh, it's certainly a quagmire of epic proportions. <laughs> Good phrasing. Uh, there wasn't really. This episode has three storylines: an A yes. plot, a B plot, and a C plot. Yes, it does. I think they are all of radically different quality. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, they also don't. Uh, all, in my opinion, the biggest issue with this episode, the, the thing that I felt was most glaring, is that the end of the episode doesn't feel like anything is finalized. It's just, uh, I felt like they had their storylines and some of them wrapped up in some sense, but also felt like there was a lot that was just left on the cutting room floor with this episode. This episode was being pulled in a lot of directions, and we'll get into it. Yeah, oh, we, we definitely will. So uh, the episode opens with Mina sitting in the courtyard at school when a fly lands directly on Mina's nose, and she mentions that the fly has been following her all day. Uh, it ran- right, I have a question for you. Yeah, good. <laughs> Is this a reference <laughs> to Aquila and the Wii? Uh, so it's been a little bit since I've seen that. My mom took me to see it in theaters. Uh, so you'll have to refresh my memory, Ren. Uh, in what way does this remind you of Aquila and the Bee? Uh, her name is Mina and there's a bee. So it's a, f- I-, I thought it was a fly. She actually specifically calls it a fly. 
so not too I shut I heard B. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this you is awkward. Right. You, you watched the episode twice. You watched this one twice, right? I did watch it twice. Uh, okay. But it's it's still, maybe it is an Aquila in the B reference. It's possible. I'll give it to you, Ren. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so Mina mentions that the fly has been following her all day. And my question for you, Ren, about this is uh, if a fly was following you around, or even a bee, any bug was following you around all day, um, would that not be cause for any kind of alarm? Mm, I'm more concerned about the implications of following Mina around all day. Yeah, me too. Because Sigler can presumably see everything she's doing. Yes, so does this mean like... What all day? Did the fly find Mina at home? Did mm-hmm. the fly come to Mina at school? Did the fly follow Mina into the bathroom? This is all stuff Stickler would do. <laughs> and it's, you're right, it's, it is not specified at all, uh, other than Mina just saying that you've been following me around all day. Um, and that's when Mina has a real uh, breaking point, in my opinion, where she begins to converse with the bug. And she says, while you're here, how are you at math? which uh, I believe that this confirms Mina has officially lost it. And uh, the, the fly responds back. Uh, you had said that it was Stickler controlling it. It's because it is. Stickler responds through the fly. He says, uh, you plus me equals heaven. It's not really a good equation, right? Heaven is where you go. Like, uh, when, you, when, like you die. when you die. So maybe, I don't really... Maybe her like you plus me equals love or like you plus me equals a future together what do you think about that ren uh you plus me equals commitment yeah lasting matrimony that's that's what stickler should have gone with (laughs) you plus me equals lasting matrimony uh i agree Uh, any other any other equations that we think stickler should have thrown out here other than you plus me equals heaven well, he did throw out uh, something, and that was his previous <laughs> nickname. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, previously in Corey's fantasies, uh, Stickler uh, asked for himself to be referred to as Sticky. And here, <laughs> um, Mina, after realizing that it's Stickler in the fly, says, uh, she's like, Stickler, come out here. And he comes out and he says, please call me the Stick Man. Uh, is this a better or worse nickname than Sticky? I can't decide. I. Mm-mm. They're both terrible in different ways. They, they are pretty rough nicknames, and the fact that in both cases he gave them to himself and uh, requests that other people call him that is what makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Ren, uh, please call me. Would you call him the Stick, stick man? man? Um. No, no, I think I would call him Stickler, probably, even uh, even after he requested to be referred to as Stickman. I just don't think I would feel, I would feel right doing that. Um, so, I don't know, I mean, if he really wants me to, I'll call him Stickman, I guess. This is not my fave. Uh... Ren, should we start to refer to each other as like uh, 
Uh, I, I guess Bryce Man and Ren Man doesn't really have the same. Bryce effect. and the Ren Man. Bracey and the Ren Man. <laughs> 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 it's our uh, CBS detective drama. It is. Yeah, watch out, because uh, coming to CBS this fall is a new crime-fighting duo. I assume that we have, like, a talking animal who can see the, like, uh, who can see the, the murder, but obviously the dog can't talk, so it's up to us to decipher the dog's clues to uncover it. You mean it. Fudster? You mean Fudster. Uh, so Stickler wants to be called Stickman, Ren, and for the sake of this episode, we just might as well call him the Stickman. Uh, it, uh, he says that uh, as he's talking about the fly that he has used to spy on Mina all day, that it costs 25 years and 20 and $10 million in taxpayers money. Cause it's CIA, uh, to make the bug. And that's when Corey comes out of nowhere and smashes it with his book. Good timing. What, um, I mean, you and I were currently living in a, a time period where, uh, $2,000 given to every American is uh, something that is a, a hotly contested uh, topic, except that it's n- not really contested by many, just, you know, a, a few people in particular. Uh, when it comes to $10 million being spent on this fly that is given to a child to test out at school, it kind of makes the $2,000 uh, seem... Uh, you know, I feel like that's one point for the $2,000. Where is my stimulus fly? <laughs> yeah. Th- do you think the government should just maybe issue all Americans a stimulus fly instead? <laughs> it's better. Look, it's better than the, t- than the 2000 we're not getting. It is. Let's and, settle for the fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this was 2007, it cost $10 million to make it. We know technology is advanced. I would guess that it cost the CIA probably about $500 to make a standard like fly uh, with this technology in modern day. Just give one to every American. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I think that's fair, right? Um, no one that's would ever trust the bug again. Uh, it would be like a Black Mirror episode or something. Um, all right, but that's our cold open. We, um, I don't know. We don't establish much. Do you, do you like the cold open? Uh, it, it wasn't the worst one. I, I thought the, I thought Corey killing Buzzy at the end was funny. The nice yeah. little way to end the scene. A better button to end their cold opens on than we usually get. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and it was like the, the but, joke. Uh, oh, what were you going to say? Doesn't really set up. It sets up something later in the episode, but it doesn't really set up the episode. No, nope. Uh, it's just kind of like a, a funny bit. And the joke, to your point, the joke's properly set up with Stickler saying it costs twenty five years, ten million dollars to make it, and then Corey smashes it. That's a complete joke, uh, which we don't always get. Uh, so, um, at first, uh, we go to the credits now. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Josie Lopez or uh, Josie Loren, as she goes by now. So she plays Jessica, who is uh, Newt's kind of uh, like. Uh, she's the guest star in this episode. She's Newt's uh, romantic, flirtatious uh, friend in this episode. Um, she went on after this to be a regular in the CBS show, The Mentalist, and was on an ABC family show called Make It or Break It, which is not a game show, but I, I think it's about cheerleading. I'm not sure. 
That sounds like it would be a show about cheerleading. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, She's now an activist and attorney, and she's married a previous NFL quarterback. So she's, you know, doing well. And this is, uh, Ren, I wanted to to really discuss this. Uh, So looking up some info about her led me down this path. And um, are you familiar in Hannah Montana? You know the actor who plays, like, her brother? Jackson. Yes. Uh, Do you know the thing with him that he's, when he was in Hannah Montana, he was really, like, 35 or something? Uh, Like... I didn't like know the thing with him, but I assumed that was the case. Yeah. Uh, that's like, and that's always stuck with me is that he was just yeah. way too old for the role that he was playing. Um, and so I kind of got me curious because in looking at her, so she was 20, uh, 22 here when she did in this, this part. episode. In this episode, yes. 22 which she looks like maybe like she, she looks about the same age as the rest of the cast, like high school age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, it then got me curious. I was like, I wonder if we have any other like Hannah Montana Jackson's uh, with us here. Anyone who is, you know, playing someone. Let's see. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so Jason Earl, when he was in uh, Hannah Montana, he was 77, 87, 97, 07. So he was 30, which I guess isn't that old. But he was playing someone who was like 20, like 18 or 19. Jesus. Yeah. So um, Josie, 22 in this episode, uh, she uh, goes on a date with Jason Dolly, who at the filming of this episode, he was 16 years old. So uh, six year age difference between between them. And then Kyle Massey. Uh, how old do you think Kyle Massey is during the like the start of the show? He's like 15 or 16, right? Yeah, he's 16. Yep, so he's he's 16. Um, uh, Mariah Walsh, who's uh, she plays Amina, the actress who plays Amina. She's the only one of the main three that's like a little bit older. She was 19 when Corey in the House mm-hmm. started. Um, Madison Pettis was, was nine. She plays Sophie. Um, and John, John DeQuino and, uh, Rondell Sheridan. They are the same age during Corey in the house, uh, 50 years young. Wow. I know. So, uh, we don't have any Jacksons among us, but, um, I did think it was kind of strange that, that they cast this girl who is, 22 to play the role of a high schooler but you know disney channel has done weird things what'd you say the grassy syndrome <laughs> it is the grassy syndrome except Degrassi, they they at least age their characters right so their characters get older they just have grown adults yeah. still stuck in the show Degrassi. that's their issue um but that's it. Uh, I didn't really find much interesting on Josie, but I wanted to just, you know, talk about the ages of them. All right. Uh, so we end the credits and we open with a uh, new girl, Jessica, uh, at school. She's staring down a vending machine. Ren, did you notice where the vending machine was? It's like amongst the lockers, right? So they... 
the the set people took out where Corey's locker was and put in this vending machine. Yeah. So Corey's locker gone. Doesn't have one anymore. Uh, maybe the vending was... machine door was also clearly open. Yeah. Yeah. The vending machine is wide open. It's kind of just a, all, all in all uh, a strangely set up scene uh, just because of the positioning of it. And also I'm going to throw out there, maybe the vending machine uh, replacing Corey's locker could have been part of Newt's uh, reign as school president. Don't know why he'd want to do it, but. To punish Corey for uh, what he did. <laughs> it's funny because I know that you were like searching for a specific what he did, but saying what he did is perfectly okay. Uh, because Corey has done countless things to Newt. Uh, so uh, Newt approaches Jessica and uh, him and Jessica bond over how difficult the vending machine is. Um, and Newt's like, yeah, it's difficult because you got to press a letter and a number. Um, Mina and Corey are watching from the sidelines. And Mina says that um, Newt and Jessica are like really into each other. And you can tell because Newt's making Jessica laugh. And uh, making girls laugh always works with girls. And that's when we get our C-plot, which features Corey Baxter. Um, two thumbs down <laughs> i i thought this c plot was excruciating i there, Corey has never been so unfunny to me <laughs> there, which is ironic because this whole thing in this episode is trying to be funny um and also it feels like the writers wrote this whole episode or built it and then they were like uh oh like we left out Corey." Or we, we gotta, we <laughs> gotta does, put Corey in this. That is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. um, because it, and he plays in this episode, he fills the role that Newt usually fills. Like yeah. that person who says like one or two lines in the scenes that he's in, and it's just meant to be funny and not add really any substance. So I think we can kind of like definitively say after this episode that Corey Baxter is not a funny character. <laughs> he doesn't lend himself well to humor naturally. No. Like you can create funny situations. Right? I'm, I'm being serious about this right now. Yeah, no, I you know. You can create funny situations about uh, around Corey, uh -huh. as we've seen in select episodes. But something about his character, he's not naturally funny. And we'll get into it more, but his idea of being funny is being mean to others, which doesn't really translate for the, I don't know. I don't want to say tone of the show because that because Corey in the house is mean spirited. It's a mean spirited show in some regards. Yep. So it is in a way tonally appropriate, but it doesn't gel with the cast around him and like intentionally at times, but I don't feel like that's a strength of the writing. It just makes these awkward jokes even more awkward. Well, and that that's the thing, Ren, is Corey is usually used as the main character in these episodes. And so, like you said, the situations that they create around him can be funny, but he's not usually the one driving the jokes of the show. Um, or no. at least uh, they'll write jokes for him. They very rarely land, to your point. He is not a funny character. It's the supporting people around him and how they interact with Corey that the humor usually comes from. Um, 
And it's interesting because he was a funny character in That's So Raven. Yes. As far as I remember. Yeah, I, and I, I remember that as well. And he's used in a similar way in That's a Raven as he's used in this episode where he's kind of like a, a, a background character. Like his story is there and it's just meant to be funny. In That's a Raven, it works because we don't see him as the, the front man as well. Yeah. But in this where he's usually the front man and now he's just like the sideshow. Um, it, it's uninteresting, especially when you have someone like Newt who's as charismatic as he is carrying the the a plot of this episode. So um, all right, so we have uh, now Corey trying to make Mina laugh. So that is his C plot. So Corey uh, tries a knock knock joke with Mina and Mina doesn't catch on. Uh, she does not. I'm very shocked here. Mina does not say, oh, we don't have those jokes in Bahavia. Instead, uh, they just make her uh, pretty much just full-on stupid. Uh, they just... uh, okay, so about this point, about this point. Yeah. Do you think it could be read as Mina trying to deflect like <laughs> Corey's affection? It it could be. That's not how I how I read it, but I do like that, that read. Uh, so you're saying that not just in this scene, but throughout the episode when Corey's trying to make her laugh, Mina's uh, like kind of like playing dumb about it is playing dumb and not actually. What yeah. Do you... yeah. Like that's that's is, more is, is that correct? Like, let, let's give her actress the benefit of the doubt and say that like she read the script and was like, all right, like I'm not going to be attracted to Corey. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have common huh. sense. So played it. So she played it. That like I'm assuming she would play to that. Yeah, uh, and that I mean that adds another layer of complexity to their little like back and forth in this episode, and it's one that I enjoy. That that would make it a little bit more enjoyable. Like so, I I just can't perceive their relationship otherwise, other than Mina humoring Corey. Yeah, like because Mina... like, he's so blatant about his feelings. And if I, I'm trying to perceive these characters as how real kids would act and, you know, a, a real person like Mina, even from backwards Bahavia, would immediately realize what Corey's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would. She would know right away. And she, it's, it annoys me because she's always the person who they feed the lines to in this case about, oh, Mina tells, uh, or like in this case where Mina's like, oh, girls always like when people make them laugh. Like she's always the one who's giving that one line or two about like the insight into a girl's mind um, mm-hmm. and, or like what works in relationships. And yeah, so that's, that's what I got. I just think that um, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Corey does try a knock, knock joke here. Uh, Mina doesn't catch on. Um and then Mina tells Newt, so Newt is done with Jessica, and um, Mina tells Newt that he's naturally funny. And then that's when Corey says, let me show you naturally funny. And <laughs> Imagine being, like, let's say in an improv troupe with Corey, and he does that dance on stage. It's, what do you do? Do you, give, do you give audiences their money back? I, I think you would like, need to. You just show them the antithesis of humor. 
Mm-hmm. And like Corey, I don't understand what Corey thinks is so funny about it because it's just uncomfortable. He gyrates aggressively <laughs> by himself, <laughs> shoving his ass into Mina and Newt. <laughs> and then, and he gets so into it himself, Newt and Mina leave. They go into class, and he's just left alone in the hallway, gyrating. Um, yeah, I, if Corey, like, why does Corey think that this is funny? What about it makes him think Mina would think that this is funny? This is also such a strange, like, even for the humor that Corey is, it doesn't match his sense of humor in earlier episodes. It doesn't. It does not match match who he usually is. This is just, um, like, you would, based on what we know about his character, his character should be too cool to do this. Or should think that he's too cool to be gyrating in the hallway by himself. But in, yes, he in, would definitely think that. In this instance, he doesn't think that. And he, he goes all in on it. Uh, they leave. And then a teacher who has a, a, yet another, one of my favorite things about Corey in the house, a questionable accent. Uh, not sure if it's Scottish or Irish or English. Uh, it changes. Um, but he comes and sees Corey dancing. And Corey's like, oh, I was just getting pumped up for science. And then uh, the teacher and Corey go into the science classroom. Uh, The teacher opens up with a general addressing of the class. He says, if you want to pass my class, you have to do uh, more calculating and less gyrating. Um, I'm glad he's bringing this up 12 weeks in. (laughs) I feel like this was the appropriate time to teach this lesson yeah i i think it was the right time for him to to be bringing this up rent uh something that we could possibly do could this be our shows like um like our catch not maybe not our catchphrase but like uh our subtitle or something like bryce and ren and cory in the house uh maybe it's an advertisement like bryce and ren and cory in the house now with more calculating and less gyrating i I feel like that we should make a banner okay Let's make, let's make a banner and we can put up the banner mm-hmm. and that'll like intreat people. Yeah. They'll, they'll say they'll what, them, they'll, huh. yeah. What does that what mean? What are they thinking? We should, and we'll put a QR code on the banner as well. Yes. So they can scan right it the and get to it. And we should have a plane fly the banner. What kind? Uh, paper. You think just paper? Uh, are you saying what kind like what kind of banner or what kind of plane i guess we could do both if we're on the paper angle yeah i I think a paper plane carrying a paper banner uh you don't think it'd be too confusing you don't think people would mix up which is the banner no because a plane has a plane it like it looks like a plane if you're uh sitting down yeah 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 i guess you're right you see the plane the banner behind we just got to make sure it's not going to rain though it rains, gets soggy. I mean, we have a few days to like look up weather and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you want to pass my class, you have to do more calculating and less gyrating. And Corey uh, taps on the kid in front of him, and uh, Corey gives the note to this kid. He he says, "Yeah, less gyrating. You got that?" 
This kid kid has never gyrated once in his life. He gives Corey the biggest, like, fuck off face that anyone has ever given Corey. (laughs) Uh, And then the teacher gives an elaborate science, uh, like, problem, an equation. And Newt is waving at Jessica. And that's when, because his hand is looks to be raised he gets called on and newt's like oh that's impossible i can't solve that um and the new girl jessica is she's like uh actually newt's right it is unsolvable because you left out the efficiency um and Mina laughs and laughs yeah and as as we've established she thinks the teacher is hot now (laughs) yeah that's that is uh how that logic works right in this case you're right mina has said if if a girl thinks you know someone's funny then that's a way to the girl's heart and in this case yeah uh, so she uh we, we learn a little bit of backstory to jessica here and the teacher calls jessica out in front of all of her peers and she refers to her as little genius jessica Uh, We learned Jessica graduated college at nine years old and uh, that she is in high school because she skipped over everything so fast she wants to experience it. And also she can't do brain surgery yet because she's not 18. Um, And so, yeah, so we get Mina laughing about the the line about the uh, left out the efficiency, which I, I did not understand that, Ren. I don't know if I'm missing something. Uh, Corey also didn't understand it, and honestly, I'm in the same ballpark as yeah. the two of you. I did we not get the joke. I, I'm gonna be honest; I don't think there was a joke. I think the joke was Mina just laughing. It was maybe it, it goes to show like Mina thinks a lot of things are funny, like even things that aren't funny are funny. But not Corey. Yes, but not Corey. Um, so after we learn that little genius Jessica, she just prefers Jessica. By the way. Um, can't do brain surgery yet because she's not 18 um that's when Corey says to mina too bad she can't operate on newt's brain yeah what an idiot right like (laughs) he's just so mean why would he say that his best friend newt is his (laughs) best friend like it's it's not like Corey and mina where they have again a tepid friendship through newt no Newt genuinely likes Corey and was sad when he thought he was being ditched at the mall. And this is how Corey behaves behind his best friend's back. Yeah. Sickening. Wish, wishing that little genius Jessica could go ahead and operate on his best friend's head. Uh, it's rude. It's, it's just frankly rude. And then Mina doesn't get it, rightfully so, because it's not a joke. It's just mean. And uh, that, that's when Mina says to Corey, oh, is this another one of your ding dong jokes? So we're all having a good She's time. Messing with him. Yeah, she has to be. Um, all right, we uh, cut to a super quick scene in the kitchen of the White House. We see Chef Victor in his kitchen, and a woman come in says uh, a dish is so a dish what goes past her out of the kitchen and she's like oh that needs more cilantro and victor's like i'm sorry who are you and if you're not supposed to be here i'm gonna call security 
why is it that Victor's never called security on anyone else who's been in the kitchen who who isn't supposed to be? Because he's bluffing and thinks because he wore a general uniform once, he can be a tough guy. <laughs> it's all gone to his head. General store. <laughs> he thinks he's he's so good, so tough. Yeah, I just thought this was strange, right? We've had literal strangers um, snuck, like, been snuck into the White House and in the kitchen before. And, like, that was fine. Right, We've had... Let's yeah. give Victor the benefit of the doubt and say that those strangers were friends or associates of Corey. Okay. Victor like, did Corey's not hanging out with this old, this old Hispanic woman. No. And yeah, uh, I don't care what episode they wrote. That's not happening. <laughs> and so Victor, uh, Victor threatens to call security and she's like, oh, you don't need to do that. Uh, and that's when President Martinez comes in and we learn that it is his mom, President Martinez's mom, mother. Mom. Um, so we're meeting more of his family now. We know his daughter. We know his wife. Now we know his mom. Um, kind of weird that uh, they pair <laughs> off Mama Martinez with Victor and not Sophie. Yes. And it, it's, I thought that was very strange that we don't have have that and that um also mama martinez gets kind of like shafted by president martinez and he president martinez actively chooses victor to be the one to distract her yeah thought that was strange so in this scene uh well really... the, the president has to rely on victor because of the re- the rest of his staff resigned because his you know approval rating is so low <laughs> they're all gone so samantha samuels has not been seen since um what the dessert explosion is that right uh hold on i can i can something recently i think she was in one more um the press yeah she was in the the sr ever which was still not a great moment for her she's gone i think uh she's she's definitely done it seems it so i guess that makes sense that's why victor is not just the chef for the president anymore, but he's also probably chief of staff, the general, uh, and whatever Secret else. Service. Secret service. Which would make sense as well, because later we see people run through the Oval Office with zero care in the world. Um, so President Martinez uh, then takes Mama to go see the Oval Office, and she's like, oh, this place could use Mama's touch. And that's, that's all we get from this scene. So just kind of like an intro to Mama Martinez uh, to lay the seeds for what's to come. Uh, Jessica asks Newt out on a date, which is, I, I was here for it. Bro, did you forget something? Um, I don't think so. Humphrey. Do we, uh, we don't meet Humphrey yet, Ren. We don't? Nope, not yet. He comes next. He comes next? Yeah, he comes, I'm uh, lo- I lost my notes. He's in, um, when in the upcoming scene, when Victor and the president oh, are in the right. Oval yes, Office, I remember, I remember yes, I that's remember. when that's when we get Humphrey. Uh, I got my Oval Office mixed up. There's which I, I don't blame you. There's a lot of um, really quick scenes in this episode. Like yeah, it, there are it a moves, lot of like plot setup. Yeah, it moves very quick. Um, like in this scene, Jessica asks Newt out 
to a poetry reading at a new juice bar. And don't don't worry, listeners, uh, if you're hoping that they go to the library, they do. Um, and Newt says yes. Newt's like, yeah, I'll do that. And um, he instantly regrets it. Uh, and the reason why is because the reason why he says yes is because he couldn't think of the other word being no. And then uh, Newt, he's upset. He's like, oh, this is a disaster, a fiasco, a quagmire of epic proportions, which you know I'm a sucker for, Ren. I love when Newt says something that is so beyond the intelligence that we've seen displayed so far because he he is a genius. And uh, that's all that happens in this scene. That's it. Why do you think he's so stressed? Like, I, I know he kind of explains why, but to the point that he would just straight up say no to Jessica. I or... take it Newt is actually a very insecure young man. We know yeah. his home life isn't good. Mm-hmm. I think he puts on a brave face for Corey and Mina, but he he feels like he doesn't want to let down Jessica, which ultimately ends up being what he kind of like says with as much newt grace as he can yeah uh i i like this side of newt i like that we get to see him clearly like have some anxiety around it some insecurity around going out with jessica and it shows us that he uh he is like cory would say yes like cory would not care um but newt well, he'd see it as an opportunity more yeah than anything <laughs> Exactly. And Newt, on the other hand, he's so well-intentioned. He doesn't want to say yes and, like, potentially make Jessica upset or, like, he doesn't want to mess up himself. And so it it does feel very genuine. Uh, I like it. So now this next scene, uh, we cut to Koi and Mina uh, in the... So they're in the courtyard now at school. And uh, they give Newt a pep talk. And Corey's advice is just for Newt to take it one step at a time, like putting on his pants. Uh, Newt here is like, oh, like that's how people put on pants. Like I've been doing it wrong my whole life. Um, and then Stickler or Sticky or the Stickman, however you want to refer to him, uh, his pigeon lands on the table with them. And that's when uh, a scheme is hatched by Mina. Not Corey, but Mina hatches the scheme of this episode. Another weird way of pushing Corey to the side. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just have Corey be the one who suggests it? Because um, uh, it's obvious that Stickler is using this pigeon, right? And so Corey could have been like, oh, like, this is what we do. Nope. They wanted Mina to have that moment, which I'm fine with, you know. But Yeah, yeah. It's not, a, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's more an interesting thing Mm -hmm. and then um i thought this was interesting because so the microphone is like attached to the pigeon so does the cia also have trained pigeons is the pigeon a robot uh i just i also was kind of curious about that yeah and if the fly is 10 million dollars how expensive is the pigeon why did stickler get another one times bigger than a fly so at least 10 times more expensive (laughs) so a hundred million dollars of tax dollars went to that pigeon. Um, all right. 
And uh, so that's when it's kind of confirmed at that point. The the scene doesn't outright say it, but it's like, okay, they're going to work with Stickler to make this happen. I thought it was weird that we don't get a scene or conversation where Stickler's like, what do I get out of it? I guess because Mina's the one pitching it, that's what he gets. Yeah, is he's like, I'll do anything for Mina. And maybe that's maybe that's why they had Mina do it. Um, but I, you know, it's kind of weird. He, he has this crush on Mina, but they don't really say it. It's more inferred now. Yeah. They, no. They don't feel the need to remind us that Stickler likes Mina. Well, because we see both Corey and Stickler have crushes on Mina and show it in very strange but loud ways. Like Stickler is a, he's creepy. Like he's constantly yeah. creeping on Mina. And then Corey is... Corey's just crazy. Yeah. He's embarrassing. He, exactly. And he's, he's like, really loud about it. He feels almost, like, I think entitled uh, in a way yeah, he does. as well uh, for his, his relationship with Mina to work out. And so I just think it's interesting. The show shows us both, both of them. And it's very obvious but it isn't ever straight up like Stickler saying like, I'm going to be with Mina forever, I guess, or, or anything like that. Um, okay. So that's a quick, another quick scene. And now we're back. Uh, now we meet Humphrey Wren. Uh, we are in the Oval Office, which has been redecorated oh, by, huh? Yeah. It's been revamped. Do you like the decorating? I love it. I think it feels like home. Is this how you uh, you do your home decorating with, with a lot of this? I mean, it's just important to cover everything in wrap. Yeah. Wrap. You, know, you don't want anything getting dirty. No. And, and that's what a lot of cat statue in a dress. <laughs> I think, were there a lot of dolls? I think there's a lot of dolls in yes, the Oval there Office. Are, there were a lot of dolls. Um, so Sophie will have a heyday when she sees it, but... Uh, in the meantime, President Martinez is not so thrilled with how it looks. And she also put like couch protectors and all the cushions. So he, uh, President Martinez invites Victor into the Oval Office to talk. Um, they sit down and throughout the whole scene, the, they make farting sounds uh, because of the couch protectors. And that's like meant to be pretty funny. They even go so far as like, Victor's like, okay, let's just let's just do it and you know get it over with for a few moments. And so they just wiggle around and make a bunch of farting sounds with the couch protector. Um these are grown men. This is the president. And then uh President Martinez wants Victor to keep Mama busy because President Martinez has a treaty signing today in the Oval Office. Um we already discussed why does this fall on Victor? Because Victor is probably the last person working for the president. Um, so that falls on him. He has to watch uh, Mama Martinez, but he also has to watch Humphrey, who is the president's dog, who farts in this scene, not via the couch protector, but just straight up farts. And that's like what he's known for. Pretty juvenile. Uh, anything about that scene, Ren, that you want to note? Very quick. 
I thought they would end up being more with Humphrey and uh, Victor, but Humphrey plays another role later. Yeah, he does. He comes back in a different way. Uh, in the next scene, uh, Victor and Mama Martinez are in the kitchen, and Mama Martinez challenges uh, Victor to a meatball making contest to see which one the president likes the most. And that's it. There's no jokes in this scene. It's very quick. Another quick scene. Episodes fly in, Ren. So many quick scenes in this episode. Yeah. Um, it, and I don't know if there's any way that they could have condensed it to make it so we didn't, like, I don't know if we needed this extra scene with Mama. Maybe it could have just been when the president and Victor were talking. The president was like, oh, by the way, like, she wants to challenge you to a meatball making contest or something like that. I don't know. My mom has come to visit and she'll only stay if you can beat her in a meatball eating contest. <laughs> I need you to do this for me, Chef Victor, for my mama. She's, um... Yeah, I just a Corey in the house. <laughs> <laughs> this show is ridiculous. I don't know why... <laughs> Like, and why does Mama Martinez, why is that her signature thing? Why is this the episode? Why is this the plot used to introduce Mama Martinez? I don't know. Why? I I would have used her for something completely different than she comes and gets pawned off on Victor, where they make meatballs for, like, a scene. And then they get the end bit, and that's it. Like, she, she doesn't even need to be in the episode. Um, so, uh, I, what, what have you thought of Rondell's direction so far? Is this, this is him? This is him. Oh, it is him. Um, this is his episode. I mean, I don't want to blame him for all the quick <laughs> scenes because it's, pro- it's probably the writing, yeah. but I, I don't think that it's very good. I also could see him specifically directing Corey during the gyrating dance, like on what it should look like. He's doing the dance behind the camera. Yeah. Corey did it, did it the first time. And then he came out and he was like, so Kyle, like you gotta, you gotta really get into it. Like do something more like this and showed him. And then Kyle was like, "Uh, that's embarrassing. He was like, no, it's funny. I have to do it, Kyle. I'm mm-hmm. director. Do the dance, Kyle. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, it's passable, right, Ren? Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not like it's bad direction. Yeah, it's. It, 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 he did the job he was hired to do. Mm-hmm. Got a little extra, extra paycheck for this episode. It's fine. Um. All right, so Stickler, uh, in this next scene, we get Stickler, Mina, and Corey sitting in, like, the living room at at Corey's place. Uh, Stickler explains that they will pretty much Google info, and then they have a microphone that they will tell Newt the info on, and Newt will hear it through an earpiece, and then he'll say it, and he'll look smart. Uh, So he explains it. Uh, His explanation was no longer than what I just said. Corey then says... Wouldn't it be quicker to just send him to college? No one laughs. No one laughs. And get it Cor- college? 
and Corey then explains. He's like, because Stickler took forever to explain it, and it'd be faster to just go to college. So I don't know if maybe that's also part of why he's so bad in this episode. If if it's because it's not funny to explain a joke, and that's his whole bit in this yeah. episode is telling a joke and then explaining it. So, yeah. Uh, it's not funny. Yeah, the crowd goes like mild. And then uh, we get to Newt, who is at the library, and he's so stressed. He is so worried. Um, they tell him to to pick up a book. He picks up a book, and he looks smart as Jessica comes in. Uh, little did Newt know he picked up some neat uh, Sunichi in German. And Jessica's impressed, and she asks him if he speaks German, and Newt responds in German. Thanks to just the stick man looking it up and telling him what to say. Um, Jessica uses like a kind of a, a joke line here to try to like romance Newt. Did you like this one, Ren? You want me to, to say it? Please. Yeah, she says, this place is cute. It's perfect for people who have a thirst for knowledge. Um. She's better than that. (laughs) Yeah, she's so much better than that joke. Uh, That, I don't know why she felt like she needed to say it. That feels like the line that maybe like in character she rehearsed um, like at home before the date. I was like, this is going to be relatable and get Newt to like me. She's letting herself fail telling a joke unafraid that newt will judge her while newt is hiding behind Corey, oh ready to laugh like a monster and that's that's what newt does so newt hears it and then he doesn't react until Corey tells him through the microphone to laugh newt laughs very aggressively and Corey's like not like that and then i think he says deeper or something like that and that's when newt begins to laugh like santa at the joke. Um, this is not one of my favorite tropes. It's it's this like a sitcom trope. The like people in the other room talking to someone through a microphone. Yeah, it's a very. Con- I did, didn't Drake and Josh have an episode like this. Uh, I don't. Re- I mean, pr- yes. Like I can say yes for certain, but I don't recall <laughs> at all it happening. But I, I'm sure it did. Pretty much like every show does to some extent have like all, all the Disney channel, like Nickelodeon sitcoms have this kind of a setup um, in one episode where someone is talking on a mic. The only difference is in this episode of Corey in the house, we don't get any kind of um, like payoff for this specific trope. Um, yeah. Any comeuppance that Newt can get from it is reverse at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so then we see uh uh, RJ Nutt again. He's playing Alexander. He he was from uh, a few episodes back in the library. He is back, uh, still running the library, and uh, he is going to be doing some open mic poetry. Before before he can get to that, uh, the guy at the bar starts to blend, and he's like, "Oh, we should not be blending during uh, open mic when people are gonna unleash their souls." And he goes to like yell at the the bartender or whatever Bastion's at it again i don't understand ren like if you were doing 
poetry in a juice bar, wouldn't you know that there's going to be like blending happening? I'm just glad they captured the authenticity of a real slam poem night. <laughs> it perfect. I it felt like I was truly there and I've been there. Mm-hmm. With the, uh, the blending in the background and then the heckling that is soon to come. <laughs> so um, he, uh, Alexander gets uh, back up there. Before he does, uh, Newt reads a romantic poem to Jessica, uh, which is just some Shakespeare. Corey at the same time. Yeah, on the first date. Wow. Jessica's impressed. And Corey reads it to Mina and Corey's like, look at me in the eyes as I read this. Um, Gross. Yeah. uh, It's not even like a a very elaborate poem. It's it's nothing. And Corey, you know, laps it up. And after this, I'm sure, believes that Mina would be a fool to ever reject him. So then uh, Corey and Stickler, like, start slapping each other inexplicably for no reason. It's, be- it's because Stickler wanted to be the first one to high-five Mina and Corey said no cutting. They suck. They do suck. They're, so they're like slapping each other. And that's when Alexander begins the poem. Uh, he's doing his poem. And then Newt is like... Uh, oh, so, so the Humphrey comes in. After Corey and Stickler start slapping each other. Humphrey comes in. And he farts. Chekhov's fart. Corey, Corey says, Ah, dog, you stink. And he says it, of course, into the mic. And of course, Newt repeats. And he says, Ah, dog, you stink. And uh, it seems like he's now heckling Alex, who is delivering a poem on the stage. And um, Newt uh, continues to, to copy Corey. And goes so far as to demand to take the mic back after Stickler takes the mic from Corey. And Corey shouts, give me the mic man. So then Newt yells at Alexander, give me the mic man. And Jessica encourages Newt to go up and like unleash his soul or whatever. Um, setting Newt up for what we're expecting to be an absolute downfall, right? And instead, Newt... Wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird reversal on the trope. So Newt now does this slam poem. Uh, he does it repeating words that are pretty much heard around the White House because Humphrey the dog has picked up the microphone and is now running around the White House as Corey Newt, uh, sorry, as Corey Mina and Stickler chase Humphrey. Uh, this includes going through the kitchen where Mama says things are about to get hot and spicy around here. So Newt repeats that. And then uh, get him, stop him, don't let him go. Mama yells, uh, Newt yells on stage. And then uh, Humphrey runs through the Oval Office in the middle of the the treaty signing and the kids all follow. So to your point earlier, Ren, is there no Secret Service anymore? They abandoned him. And after what happens tonight in the Oval Office, can you blame him? (laughs) This is a common occurrence in President Martinez's White House. Day Mm -hmm. after day, Corey Baxter bringing the United States to the brink of war with other nations. (laughs) And they let him live here. 
they don't mind. They're like, yes, Corey, you can still live here. Like your dad's food is good enough to make the absolute headache that you bring upon the entire nation worth it. Uh, President Martinez loves this. And that's the thing he does. But like we fault President Martinez so much for just being like an absolute fool. But at the same time, can you blame him when he has to deal with all of like everything that Corey brings? I don't know how I would react if I was doing my job and I worked in the same environment that Corey was near. It would it would be like if while you were at work, your roommate just came over and terrorized you in increasingly <laughs> terrible ways with, with his friends. Yeah. That's, and that, his father. <laughs> that is what Corey in the house is at its very core. And that's what happens here. They, The dog runs through the Oval Office. The kids chase them, interrupting the, like, the treaty being signed. If I'm that other country and this happens, I feel like I've been made a fool of. I feel like my country has been made a fool of. And to your point, I think that it, it would push us on the brink of war. Um, I think this is supposed to be our, like, our boomer moment of the episode, our big, like, everything coming together and meant to be funny. Um, as they chase him. It's not a boomer moment, though. It doesn't have that bump. No, (laughs) no, not not at all. Um, it doesn't have, have nearly that effect. It's more along the lines of, um, in, uh, which one not everybody loves Amina but uh the first episode where we explore Amina so episode two where um a Miss Bahavi I knew I had Bahavi on the title where they um Corey and Newt interrupt the the ambassador dinner that episode I think that chaos is on par with the chaos that we get here where it's just Corey screwing things up but in episode two, it was at least fresh. Yeah. We, we hadn't seen where this show was going yet. It was still escalating. Yeah, this is pretty much the same thing, right? They're just causing chaos. Um, and, like, it makes sense to keep it a bit mm-hmm. more limited in scope because ultimately it is about Newt and how he messes this up and how he kind of undoes... He's his own undoing in the end. Mm-hmm. But it... It's interesting because the first ha- this episode is all about Newt, but this like little last act kind of removes his character from the equation, which it has to for this plot to make sense. But yeah, because so we see Newt repeating all these different things that that are being yelled at the dog throughout the White House, and the crowd loves it. They really like his slam poem, um, and Jessica afterwards. So Newt comes off the stage. Jessica loved it so much that she breaks up with Newt because he's too intellectual. She doesn't feel that she's smart enough for him. So, I mean, it, it is not at all how you would expect it to go, right? I would, I, you would have expected Newt to get up there. He like, the microphone breaks connection. He doesn't know what to say. Uh, he falls flat. And then he's like, Jessica, like, I try, I lied and about who I am to try to impress you. And then it's, oh, why'd you lie to impress me? Like, I liked you for you. And then the episode ends. But that's not really the direction that this really goes in. Um, no. Which I, I'm actually okay with. It takes it a little bit deeper. Um, 
than that. So we see Jessica break it off with a newt. Uh, she doesn't feel she's smart enough. So we head into the second to last scene with uh, this idea that Jessica has no idea that Newt pretended about who he was last night. And um, I don't know if she ever really does uh, based on this. I mean, uh, we cut to them at school and Jessica tells Newt, so like approaches Newt and says that she thought uh, she thought about the poem. She has a photographic memory. She wrote it down, analyzed it, and that the poem has no meaning. So like this is her realizing that it was complete nonsense. Um, but she doesn't really realize that Newt tried as hard as he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ren, do you think Newt was like... Was Newt trying to impress her? Did Newt just go along with it because he was already like accidentally uh, committed to going on this date with her? Or like, well, he didn't even want to go on the date to begin with. No, exactly. This whole this whole situation surrounding him is kind of hard to analyze under scrutiny because he he likes her. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. But he also didn't want to go on the date with her, and he only does because Corey and Mina pressure him into it. Yeah. They're like, well, oh, he's it'll be team. fine. He never acts as himself. He just does what they tell him. But at the very end of the episode, it, it, see, it, it's just resolved itself. Like everything somehow wrapped itself up. It does. Yeah. So like Newt explains to Jessica, he's like, I tried to be smart and because I thought that she wouldn't like me otherwise. And she, what I like is she's like, oh, I totally get why you were intimidated. Because even when I, when I thought that you were smart, with that poem, I felt intimidated. So I understand that. So it's it's nice to see them kind of understand that. Uh, they decide to start over and they're happy, they're friends. I, or maybe they're more, do they hold hands? They do hold hands and he nuzzles up next to her. Okay. Said. So, uh, but we, I don't think we see her again. So this is just goodbye, Jessica. Um, and then... Corey steps backward. Corey's with Mina in the hallway. They watch that whole interaction. Corey steps backward, falls into a bucket. Mina thinks it's hilarious. Is that, our, is that how we end the episode? That's how we end their plot. And then we get one more scene. Oh, you're right. You're right. With the credits. Um, where Mama and Chef Victor, they made their meatballs. They go to bring uh, President Martinez into the kitchen to eat. And Humphrey ate both of them. They then argue over which one Humphrey liked better. The president grabs Humphrey, sneaks out. Humphrey farts. And then the president puts Humphrey back into the kitchen and walks away. That's the episode. That's it. Um, there's a lot that I feel is unresolved. <laughs> like what? Right? Like um, what, Brett? So I made a list. Uh, uh, Corey interrupting the treaty. Um, usually we get a scene where Corey's where where we tell Corey like oh you shouldn't have done that Uh, Corey says like oh you're right like I put the like I I put myself before others and I won't do that again and we get the audience saying aw and that's that but that wasn't resolved right so President Martinez he's everything's blown up around him and that's fine uh, President Martina is talking to Mama about how she can't put herself into everything. Like, we get that plot at the beginning of this episode where she decorates the Oval Office. That's left. 
a stickler gets something out of helping with this scheme. Um, I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. And then Jessica never realizes what Newt did. All of that is unresolved. Um, which makes me think that it was kind of a sloppy episode. Yeah, definitely sloppily put together. Yeah. Very, like, cut up. Can you can you think of anything else that, like, this episode just left, like, didn't resolve or d- didn't even decide to touch back up on? I, I feel like those I mean, are the big things, but... Those are the big things, but the episode's just weird in general. It, it, this is our introduction to Mama Martinez. We have, like, mm-hmm. a newt girlfriend plot going on. Corey's completely in the background in the C-plot. Mm-hmm. It's odd. Very strange episode. Yeah. Um, I actually, so let's dive into Rosebud and Thorn because for my bud, I, I gotta say, I did not hate seeing Corey in the backseat. Uh, I don't know if I'd want it every episode. In fact, I know I definitely wouldn't. But in this case, I did not mind seeing him in the backseat and I, I would like to see it happen more. Unfortunately, I have to counter with my Thorn. I hated Corey this episode. <laughs> like, I... I it, he's so much worse in the back. He's so much worse as a background but character. Rin, he's bad in the front as well. I know, but he's just so much more annoying in the background because then he has no purpose. It's not like Newt <laughs> at least serves as a break to Corey's nonsense. Corey as a break to Newt is just, it's torture. It's like being punched. Like, I want to be clear. I didn't, I definitely did not enjoy... Corey's plot in this episode. I get I, what you're saying. I liked him not being shoved in my face every single moment and letting the other characters breathe. Um, because of it any... just made it feel like they had to overcompensate when he was on screen. Yes, it made it so much worse for me, at least. Yeah, I get. I I totally understand your thorn and, and where you're coming from there. So, uh, what was your bud? What was something that you wanted to see more of? My bud. Uh <laughs> I'll say Mama Martinez. <laughs> she already she is, is a more interesting character than the president's <laughs> wife. So mm-hmm. she, I, that's I feel like she can bring a dynamic that Corey in the house doesn't have right now. Well, that's because the president's wife was reduced to meat market jokes. That's, and that's right. it. So at least at least Mama Martinez did give us some friction within the characters. Do you think that like, we're going to see? Let's give Victor a rival. <laughs> he's he's too comfortable that victor in the white house he's too comfortable we got to make a character to mix things up do you think we see her again because you, you've been talking as if we do and i feel no, that I don't we think, don't i don't okay. think we see her again no i, I think she's a, a one and done here which i um, think will make her appearance even worse in hindsight i don't think this is a character that you can do once no i i agree with that um it was Luke's girlfriend JGC. yeah gj what's her name Jessica? No, oh. I'm tr- Little Genius Jessica. LGJ. LGJ. Little Genius Jessica. <laughs> yeah, she's she's gone. And she's also 22 in this episode. So let's just Maybe remind. that's why they nuzzled and didn't kiss at the end. Uh, probably. Um, all right, my, my thorn. Uh, I, we already talked about it. I don't have anything else to say about it, but just the lack of resolution. Um, and then my my rose was uh, Newt expressing his own anxieties, his own feelings of inadequacy. 
I like Newt a lot as a character. He's yeah, I'd say I agree. Newt was my rose. This is one of the better Newt episodes. Yeah, um, I liked him in the front. I wish that there was more that he said and did that impacted the outcome of the episode because you're right. He kind of then was just a puppet in the second act, but you know, he's still a likable guy and I I appreciated getting to see his acting. We got some good insight into his character. We did. Uh, All right. What do we think about the presidential approval rating in this episode? So last week, Oh, you you finish. I was just gonna say last week we gave him a 10%. Uh, I'm going to say Corey destroyed this peace treaty. President Martinez is already on thin ice after the cheese in a cup fiasco. Mm -hmm. He's at 1%. (laughs) Only his most devoted still believe in him, and they're starting to waver. Uh, I I support that 1% approval (laughs) rating. He is... Nothing that he does is ever going to redeem himself. And he's just... And he, did you and, see that Oval Office? What did he do? Who remodeled that? It was fine as it was. <laughs> the American people have questions. They do. Yeah, they're like, why were there dolls in the background uh, of the Oval Office? Why, like, again, why is Corey, the chef's son, popping up everywhere is, where there is like, crisis? The fourth time the chef's son has appeared on TV with the president. It's, it, it has to be intentional. Martinez is letting him do this. He is self-sabotaging. Because <laughs> the only way that his approval rating goes up at this point is if he fires Chef Victor and charges Corey for the crimes that he's committed on the nation. Public trial? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm fine with the 1%. I can't wait to see where we go next week. Uh, once we, I'm assuming, hit the zeros or the negatives, but... <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, um, and then lastly, the the total or the overall episode rating. What are you thinking for Get Smarter? It's a very standard Corey in the House episode. Yes, it is. Like it's it's not the worst episode we've seen. It's not the best. Kind of middle of the road, kind of captures the core. If if it weren't for the little oddities like Corey being in the background, I'd say it would capture the spirit of a Corey in the house episode well Mm -hmm. but in doing that it's also capturing the spirit of a Corey in the house episode yeah so i'll I'll give it a four and a half Ah. good i uh i agree very like standard Corey in the house in my opinion uh to your point Corey is you know in the background which he's not usually um but in the episode structure the way it all functioned uh, was all a little bit off, a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think that it was great. It was far from the best that we've seen from this cast. Uh, I, I'll go with a five. So a little bit higher than that 4.5, but right. nothing special with it. Um, so do you have any uh, any ratings or not ratings, yes, any reviews that you I wanted to, to, read? to read tonight? You seven. I have seven. Are they lengthy? Uh, no, they're all pretty short. I can get okay. them all in, in a timely fashion. Perfect, perfect. All right, I'll, let's I'll hear them, Ren. Go through them. All right. <clears throat> this review, 
was written by C- Cool Chris 44 on June 25th, 2007. He gave it a 6.4. The title is Newt's Girlfriend. The smartest girl in the country comes to DC to go back to school and meets Newt and likes him and asks him on a date and he says yes. He must get help from Corey and Mina and Stickler who tell him what to say. There are many problems because of this, but she still likes Newt and thinks he is very smart. So he tells her the truth and they are able to start over. He is happy then. Some antics included the stinky dog and many other funny gags that ended up in Newt's poem and the, that the girl liked in Oki episode. <laughs> the stinky dog. <clears throat> this next one is by um, Um, You're a Truffle from April 22nd, 2007. This episode wasn't bad. They gave it a seven. An intelligent new student arrives and Newt develops a crush on her. They go out on a date and Newt asks Corey, Mina, and Jason to help him impress her by using Jason's spy gear. (laughs) If you ask me, I think the episodes are getting worse. Overall, the episode was good and amusing to watch. Very IGN-esque. And (laughs) I'm just laughing at the, they had Mina, Corey, and Jason. They referred to him as Jason twice. I don't hear. Alright, get ready for this next one. Okay. Uh, by Shanalis Sweet, May 27th, 2007. I liked this episode. 8.9. It was fun to see them flirt. Especially since <laughs> Jason Dolly is really cute. It was about Newt developing a crush on the new girl who was a genius. Then going out, Corey feeds Newt information and makes him look smart and makes Jessica not want to go out with him anymore. Then, since she has a photographic memory, she noticed that the poem, he didn't make any sense, so they acted like they just met again. Then the president, mom, and chef had a fight over whose meatball was better, and the president didn't decide, neither did the dog. <laughs> the, something I like about these, Ren, is I like the little details that like you and I obviously talk about, because we, we yeah. talk, to these, talk about these episodes in great length, but what sticks with them, like the fact that they remember Jessica has a photo uh as a photographic memory is something that they felt was worthwhile to mention in this imdb review is imdb that you get this is is tv.com oh even better good (laughs) so uh this next one is by vg freak eight who's actually appeared a few times on the podcast now yes from uh, december 19th 2007 he gave it a nine i liked this episode newt meets a girl that he likes and lucky for him she likes him too her name is Jessica, and she is a genius. Newt plans to go out with her, but he is afraid because of how smart she is and how not smart he is. With Stickler's help, Corey and Mina make a plan for Newt. They talk into a microphone and tell Newt what to do. The president's mom goes to see him. She and Victor fight about food. Get Smarter was a pretty good episode. I thought that Jessica was pretty gorgeous. This episode gets a 9 out of 10 from me. Good. Yes. <clears throat> All right, this next one is by Bookworm9328. I really liked this episode, June 16th, 2007, 9.2. Newt has a crush on the new girl at school, Jessica. In science class, they find out Jessica is really a genius, and she then asks Newt out on a date. He says yes, but is worried because he's not that smart, so they won't have that much to talk about. Jason, Mina, and Corey help him out using Jason's spy gear. I found this episode really good. I love Newt in this episode, but I think the actress who played Jessica could have been a little bit better. I didn't really like the subplot that much, though. I love Newt's poem, though. This is a good episode to watch, and Jason Dolly, Newt, was great in this. He does a really good job at playing Newt. Does Jason Dolly have, like, a a whole fan base? 
he must. <laughs> They're calling him Jason. Jason. And people saying that he looked cute in this episode. Uh, and also... definitely could have been better. Yeah. Uh, I feel like everyone says that he's the strength. I mean, you and I say that he's the strength of the show. Yeah. But uh, I just wonder wonder why others feel this way as well. <clears throat> uh, Dirk for MVP on December 12th, 2007, gave this episode a 10. Probably one of my favorites of the series. Like I've said, most Cory in the House episodes will get boring after you've seen it two to three times, but this episode, I could probably watch five times and not get tired of it. It was cool to see Newt get into a relationship. So first off, Jessica the genius, they put this in quotation marks, moves <laughs> to Washington Prep and on her first day she meets Newt and is instantly into him. So is Newt. Into Jessica, of course. Then Newt agrees on a date later, but admits to his regret to Corey and Mina when he explains he is worried that she won't like him anymore if she finds out he is stupid. After committing a, a poem so very crazy, Jessica actually breaks up with him because she thinks Newt is too smart for her. OMFG. How could that poem prove someone is smart? Who knows? But Jessica, is ev Jessica eventually asks to start over. Are they still boyfriend and girlfriend? And or, and or still dating? I don't know. Uh, slanted face. Oh, well, the episode was great. And trust me, it takes a lot for a Corey in the House episode to get a perfect score for me. So take this advice and watch this freaking episode. Very passionate about this episode of Corey in the House. Uh -huh. uh, I have a, I, I think you and I should stop here for a second and just answer the question of if a poem is good um, or meaningful, can that imply that the person who wrote it is smart? Uh, what do you what do you think, Bryce? I've done enough slam poetry in my life to know that it doesn't take a genius to scream a few words that make sense. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that it does make someone smart just because uh, they can write a poem that potentially makes people think about it. Uh, you can throw any combination of words together and it might be good, but it does not indicate if one is a genius or not. Um, yeah, that's where I stand. Are you ready for the last review? Ready for it. This one is by MLR09 from October 27th, 2007. They gave it a 10 out of 10. Funny episode. This episode of Corey in the House was a great one. Nude is my favorite person that plays on the show, and this episode was centered around him trying to impress a girl with his smarts. Well, I thought that it was great that they were going to put a device in his ear, but I knew that something was going to go wrong. That was so funny when he was saying that poem out loud. I was rolling. It was so great. But I thought it was sad when she's sad that you're too smart for me. But I loved this episode. <laughs> and those were our seven reviews for the night. People seem to like it a lot more than you and I did. <laughs> this is a trend with uh, the TV.com reviews. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... Keep in mind, it's important to keep in mind that, th that these reviews were made as the episodes were airing. I'm assuming by, like, the target demographic for the most part. So maybe this was them assuming they would get, like... a Because there's an upvote-downvote system okay. on TV.com. So uh, maybe it was just, like, striking while the iron was hot. Yeah. I mean, someone mentioned watching this episode five times and still liking it. So I I just question certain aspects of these reviews, but that's why I like them. Yeah, they're fun. I, I like that they bring in some uh, different opinions than just 
uh, you and I, and that they they also bring us back to 2017. So 2007. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2007. I was bringing myself back to 2017, Ren. Uh, okay, so next week uh, we are gonna watch. Uh, let's see, Corey in the house. And the weenie is. Uh, season one, episode thirteen, titled. Oh, you just said it. I thought you were like uh, building up to it, Ren. It's in called... a way, wasn't I? Well, it's called, and the weenie is. And that's what I said. Yeah, I know, but I thought you were like, I, I, Ren. What's up, Bryce? The weenie is, is too late for this. Um, I don't want to uh, spoil anything, but I see uh, that we see a, we get a certain guest star next week, and I we can't do. wait. I cannot wait. Uh, if you are a avid fan of the Corey verse of uh, perhaps that's a Raven, this it's going to be, I hope, a good episode next week. Study up on your Ravenomics, folks. Because you are in, you're in for a treat. So uh, good, good. Well, I, I will look forward to discussing that episode. And uh, it looks like the production order again is going to be all out of whack, but fantastic it wouldn't be Corey in the house if it wasn't <laughs> no it wouldn't all right ren anything else that you want to say about this episode are you feeling good i'm feeling i'm feeling as good as i can be at the end of a 4.5 yeah yeah exactly and i did um i went through I, I know i shared it with you but i went through and um updated the graphics for our episode ratings yeah, I saw. I, and they look nice i'm glad yeah so so that's all updated um, I'll probably share out those pictures sometimes this sometime this week on our social medias. Uh, it's really, I, I, in terms of the episode scores, up and down with these yeah. episodes. Some lots of highs and then lows and then highs and then lows. So um, really all over the place in terms of quality. So all right, Ren. Uh, if, if that is everything, then uh, thanks to those who made it this far and thanks for giving it a listen and for liking us on Facebook. Shout out to you, Jacob, again. And uh, if you do like what you're hearing, go ahead and like it. And you can also follow us on Twitter where we, uh, I think we've tweeted once. So if you want to see that tweet, go on and uh, and check it out. Please, Otherwise, retweet, follow, put out the word, tell your friends, anyone, everyone you can. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, we're almost, uh, well, we're one third of the way through, right? So, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's already, the end is already coming up fast. So, we want to make sure anyone who would be interested in this gets it while we're, we're still engaging in it. So, I can't wait for the first person to binge this podcast. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be like for them? Maybe they'll have fun. Uh, for someone in like, three or four years to stumble across this podcast and then listen to all probably like 35, 36 episodes of it that we do. And that's what 30, it'll add up to about like 40 hours, 45 hours of content. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that's if they'll have fun. Way of putting it. They'll have 45 hours of you and I discussing episodes of Corey in the house. What This is going to be part of, so we're going to be cited in someone's thesis someday. Oh, that would be glorious. Uh, I mean, well, after this, right, we got to be considered the experts. 
on the subject. Who else is there? Just the anime we crowd. Have the definitive Cory in the House analysis in the world as of 2021. Yeah, and I mean, because before we started, I went on and made sure that like no one else has done a podcast about Cory in the House before. People, there's one episode uh, where someone, I, I think, two people listen to an episode and then talk about it, but that's it. There's there's no full full podcast on it. So, um, I feel bad if someone <laughs> <laughs> binges 45 hours of you and I talking about it. Uh, especially if they listen to like some of the rougher episodes, like us talking about the rougher episodes of Corey in the house, because um, there's some real slow moments. So, but uh, all right. Well, until next time uh, we will, we'll see you later and I hope you all take care and uh, catch us next week. All right. Thanks. Bye. Have a good night, everyone. and Randy learned some electric guitar.